following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It Podcast with Brittany Page and Jesse Dallimore. Episode 843 of I Doubted Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Dallimore, joined today by the lovely, the talented, and the scholarly, Brittany Page, everybody. It's been a really exciting week, both for the news and for us personally. We are in the middle of moving, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is always exhausting My back! and stressful, <laughs> but we're doing it slowly over a period of time and over a period of many dozens of carloads and (laughs) doing it ourselves which means that it's going to be a lot better than the move uh, from southern california to washington dc where the moving truck had whatever issues i've blocked the whole thing out i don't remember what happened all i know is that we did not get our things for much longer than we were expecting. We're so, so we're so butthurt over it that the moving company that will remain unnamed because fuck them. All of the hassle that last year that they put us through, they gave us a one hundred dollar Visa gift card. Yeah, and I don't even think we've used it yet. We still need to use it. <laughs> it just brings back bad memories. Yeah. Why would I use it? But it's it's going good, and the move, I think, will officially be over on the 21st because we, we have hired movers to do only, like, a, a few of the big things that you could probably handle, Jesse D., but I cannot help you, and so we, yeah, we I, need someone to step in and, and well, get the assist. I could probably do it, but there are times where my incision for my surgery yeah. starts acting up and I ugh, yeah I don't really want to be messing with that yeah so. still got to take that take that easy you know on that note we actually have an email that huh. the subject line says colonoscopy results and it's from a listener who got a colonoscopy because of your colon cancer diagnosis i know the audience was like really this cancer thing we're talking about it still <laughs> <laughs> Not everyone in the audience, just the people who leave those comments. Just yeah, just a few. I think it was YouTube comments. Like, all right, enough already with the cancer talk. Yes. Yeah, so this is from Barb. Barb, actually a former guest of the show, yeah. genealogist Barb, who who did both of our family trees and came on the show and talked about those family trees. Barb writes, "Hi Jesse and Brittany. So Jesse, you may have lost one third of your colon, but you may have helped save my life. Wow. At fifty five, I'd been putting off a colonoscopy for all the usual reasons no family history of cancer no symptoms though honestly more having to do with the dreading the prep than the actual procedure however after you two shared your experiences i realized a message from the universe when i heard one and i scheduled mine for last friday the prep did not disappoint the low fiber (laughs) diet leading up to it was a bitch for someone who eats vegetarian about two-thirds of the time and the actual prep day was unpleasant to say the least. And I agree that the lemon licorice crap is just awful, particularly that second dose at 4 a.m. There isn't a cocktail on earth I could possibly come up with that would make that stuff even remotely palatable. I got no sleep and I felt like hell. 
It was totally worth it. I just got the results back from the biopsy on the two largest polyps they removed that day. Thankfully, they were benign, but the type is considered precancerous. In 50% of cases, left in place and wow. untreated, they can turn into cancer down the road. And I had two of them. Jesse, without the message from the universe you sent out about your cancer diagnosis, I probably would have continued putting this off and the results could have been disastrous. Thank you for sharing your experience and giving me the wake-up call I needed. Barb, the person who knows all the, his- the historic skeletons in both your closets. I don't know why I'm getting emotional, but... Well, um, Barb, that little last line is Barb's a, a professional a genealogist, and she looked into both of our backgrounds, and that's the episode uh, that Brittany referred to. Um, I'm, I'm thrilled. Uh, not that they found precancerous polyps, but that um, my experience um, led to, and, and Barb's not the only one. We've had people reach out um, who, who my situation sparked in them um, some motivation to go get checked out and also found some polyps that were removed. So uh, awesome. Yeah, fucking fantastic. I'm, I'm thrilled that the, the misery that I um, experienced and also the joy of the life-saving technology and effort by my medical team. That's weird to say medical team, but the people who surrounded me, healers who, who helped, um, it's all worth it if, if it helps people to go get checked out. And listen, people do talk about the, the prep and, yeah, it sucks. You have diarrhea. You're pooping out water for a day or however long it is. But it could save your fucking life. One day of mild inconvenience could literally uh, save your life. So if you are 40, 45, check with your physician, get scheduled, and go get checked. Thank you for giving me time to clean myself up. <laughs> now that you're composed. I I think it's just, you know, it's still fresh for us. And I think that's honestly why we've continued to talk about it. It was... <laughs> I don't want to use the word traumatic, but... I, I I think traumatic fits here. Yeah, I mean, well, I'm speaking about my own experience going through it, and you obviously have a different perspective because your life was under threat directly, yeah. and, and mine was not. But, yeah, it was, it was traumatic. So I think it, it's also nice just hearing from people that listen to the show that... I mean, we, we did get negative comments about your cancer so i'm not joking when i bring those things up I yeah mean, yeah no for sure and we don't focus on those things because people suck and people are going to say things and who Shitty cares people suck yeah but <laughs> it, it was kind of it made it even more difficult going through a difficult situation and having people be dicks during that situation yeah it, it was just kind of shocking especially from people who watch or consider themselves fans or I don't I don't know it was weird you know yeah. um but I'm I'm just glad that Barb did go and get the colonoscopy done and also by Barb sharing this information with the audience that could also help people who maybe were still on the fence not convinced yeah. you know and and now it'll be even more of a wake up call for other people so yeah, Barb but somebody who ostensibly leads a pretty healthy lifestyle yeah uh, largely vegetarian eats a lot of vegetables eat a good diet right and still because like my surgeon said like the uh, doctor who gave me my colonoscopy there is a 
an outsized increase right now that the, the, the medical field doesn't understand of younger people, younger and younger, far younger than Barb, far younger than me, who are getting colon cancer, and we don't fucking know why. So go get checked out. You may think, oh, I run, I'm healthy, whatever. Just go get checked. Yeah, for sure. So, but it, it's been weird. It's been an odd, like there are still days where we'll be driving and I'll, and I'll, you know, quiet in the car and I'll break the silence with, I had cancer last year. Mm-hmm. I will fucking... And then the conversation that I've been kind of having with you, but also with myself is, because I said I almost died. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, well, did I almost die or was it I could have died? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I'm not going to make a determination, but mm-hmm. it, it's far. Listen, let me tell you, drinking the gross drink and having diarrhea for a day and then going and getting colonoscopy is far easier than having them remove 35% of your colon and the the terrible experience of the day after surgery mm-hmm. or the day of and, and, and post-surgery. So just go do it. Yeah. Because being dead is a bummer. Well, and I want to say, too, because sometimes people will email and say, you know, for those who don't want to get the full colonoscopy, you can do those at-home colon cancer screening tests. And the oncologist, the oncologist surgeon did not recommend that specifically because of cases like yours. You had stage two cancer. Mm -hmm. You had a bleeding tumor in your colon and yet there was no blood. On the the in-home test where you poop on the little piece of paper and then scrape the little scraper on the poop. Right. It came back yeah, totally good to go. Right. Yeah. And you had stage two cancer. Yeah. With, With an actively bleeding tumor bleeding into my poop it didn't, it didn't, great. By the way, this episode brought to you by <laughs> Jesse's Poop. Hopefully you're not eating uh, breakfast. And it didn't, it didn't pick it up. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's. So just do the thing. Do the fucking thing. Do man. the thing. Do if the you, thing. if you can, if you have insurance. That's a t-shirt right there. Do the thing, man. Yeah. Do the fucking thing. <laughs> okay. We've been talking a lot about homelessness and we've got. And by the way, thank you, Barb. Absolutely. Thank you for the email. It gives us one more chance of all of us collectively to spread the word Mm -hmm. about this very important fucking thing. It was also very well written, very easy to read. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was very well written. So thank you for that. No edits. (laughs) Okay. So thank you for that, Barb. Yeah. (laughs) Hi. So we've been talking about homelessness a lot, and (laughs) I'm randomly saying hi reading the email. We've been talking about homelessness a lot, getting a lot of, (laughs) getting a lot of, feedback on that and so we got a question hi Brittany and jesse after the recent discussion on people experiencing homelessness i wanted to ask where you both landed on giving individuals you pass on the street money i've had people say oh they'll just use it on drugs however i feel that one we don't know that and two i'd rather err on the side of kindness towards others than not what do you guys think P.S. I want to get more involved in systemic solutions as well that you guys have talked about, like Housing First. Thank you for sharing that information. Sometimes I feel that the problem is so big, it's hard to know where to start, and this helped me understand where to begin a little more. I appreciate you both. Thanks, Catherine. Thank you, Catherine. Yeah, so... I think this is really an individual choice. It depends. I mean, of course, there's the likelihood, it's a possibility that when you give someone money on the street that they will use it for a purpose uh, that maybe you don't approve of, like obtaining drugs or obtaining alcohol. And if you have a problem with that, then what you can do 
And what many organizations recommend is that you give money to organizations that are doing homeless outreach. So uh, look for local organizations, other organizations nationally. I don't have ones off the top of my head because I didn't research that part. But you can look for where to give your money so that there's an organization out there working with the unhoused yeah. population that can then give them the resources that are on the ground. If it makes you uncomfortable thinking that, oh, this could potentially be used for money or for drugs. Now, living in D.C., we see unhoused people quite often and get asked for money quite often. And it just kind of depends. I mean, I've given people money. I haven't given people money. I've given people food, you know, things yeah. like that. But I think... You know, there's one that sticks out in my mind where a woman was completely distraught. I mean, snot running into her mouth, like just crying, hysterical, and she needed her medication. She said, "And AIDS medication." She said, "And she it was a situation." Another woman had stopped and was helping her count her money out, and we stopped and we gave the additional money that she needed for her medication. And we said goodbye and we started walking in the opposite direction as her, at least we thought. And we see her not even 10 minutes later walking toward us. Like a fucking magic trick. She had gotten up the hill Mm -hmm. like uh, half or three quarters of a mile up the hill. She got there before us. And she was jovial. There was no... I got what I needed and she was so happy and... A different person, and, and I will tell she you, probably she probably copped. I think that she got a medication, but it wasn't an AIDS medication, right? And and so in that moment, we were like, "Oh wow, our pro- our money probably went to her drug use," yeah, you know. And in that moment, I did I had the thought, I'm like, "Well, this is a conflict for me because I would be very upset if I gave someone money and they used and they died." Yeah, of course. I mean, that would be horrifying but do i i don't know there's part of me that thinks i don't know i i I, in the moment i sometimes i just want to give and and have people meet their needs and i don't know what that will entail and i don't want them to die so it's it's a struggle what 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 brings what comes to me is you have to disbelieve her story her very believable very sad i need my medication Mm mm-hmm and so, fuck you, you're lying, you're going to get high. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's callous. Yeah. So, again, I, I, I don't think it's, it's um, there is, it's a, I think it's an individual thing for sure. Mm-hmm. But there is something that you brought up early when we first moved here that you'd, you'd seen on TikTok. Some girl was talking about her budget living in D.C. Mm-hmm. And part of her budget in her little TikTok was she budgeted to buy CVS gift cards yeah. to give to people. Who are homeless on the street um, because it you can get everything at CVS. You can get your medication at CVS. You can get snacks and food. Yeah. You probably can also get alcohol. Mm-hmm. But that's that's um, maybe a, a preferable method for someone, Catherine, to maybe that's a preferable way to to give is not cash, but a, a CVS or a pharmacy gift card in, in the area. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a great method as well. And even buying a meal, you know, we, we we talk about that as an alternative as well. If you have a problem that someone's money may potentially be used for drugs or alcohol 
And yeah, like I said, it's individual thing. If you feel like you would be unhappy that the money would be used for that, then just let me give this advice though. And this not necessarily to Catherine, but to everybody is don't let that story of your cousin's uncle's friend's neighbor who watched the guy get in his Mercedes after panhandling on the middle of the street. Oh, God. Don't let that fucking story that everybody's heard, everybody has somebody that they know that they know that they know that they know down the line 15 generations worth of of, of telephone. Mm-hmm. Don't let that bullshit fucking story dissuade you from helping. And if you don't want to give cash and you do want to get involved, go volunteer. Go stack the shelves at a at a food bank. Go um serve food at a at a at a homeless shelter or a soup kitchen or whatever. Find a way to actually get involved. If you don't want to give of your money, give of your time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, That's and- something this year that we are going to do, Brittany and I. Um we're not giant holiday people. Maybe we'll give up a holiday and go do that. Or every other weekend or you know give of our time Mm -hmm. well and don't let the story that we told about that woman dissuade you either because that that is i don't regret giving her money yeah i don't regret giving her money either and like i said the the conflict for me in that situation is i wouldn't want her to use the money to obtain something and then die and i know that that wouldn't be my fault but i would just feel like it was a very unfortunate situation, you know, and I, I don't I don't want to be contributing to that. But at the same time, I'm just, you know, I'm sympathetic to how miserable it can be in living on the street. And I don't approach it from a place of judgment. Oh, they're just going to go buy booze. You let, know, let me tell you, we've talked about this before. If I was out in the cold today, 34 degrees outside, windy, and it's windy as fuck. Yeah. So it's probably like in the teens with the windchill factor. I would be wanting to get loaded. I would want to be an escape from the fucking miserable, freezing, cold, battering reality that surrounded me. So I'm not faulting somebody for wanting to, to check out a little bit. I don't know. Well, and, and you, you actually hear people that are on house talk about that, that like drinking is a source of warmth when you're cold and... I mean, escapism is certainly a part of it. And we we talk about like substance use and homelessness, but we don't talk about how homelessness can be the driving factor that causes the substance use because of the miserable experience. Or at the very least exacerbates it. Yeah. Exacerbates it. Yeah. So I think it's a good question from Catherine. And maybe it's good that people think about where they stand on that issue. And if you do have some sort of aversion to giving someone money when they ask because you're afraid of how they will use it but you do want to help, then maybe utilize those alternatives of giving to an organization that helps the unhoused or even carrying gift cards with you. Uh, things like that can be can be helpful as an alternative. So thank you so much for the listener communication and feedback. Keep them coming, 657-464-7609, or you can send an email to idoubtit at dollamore.com. You know, on this topic, um, I don't know if everybody subscribed or even knows that Brittany started her own YouTube channel, but Brittany has just recently done a couple of different pieces on poverty and homelessness that are fucking, ah, they are awesome. And you, one should just go subscribe to her channel and click the little bell and all that. But go watch these two videos. One is called, I think, uh, help me out. Poverty is a policy choice? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Budgets are moral documents. 
poverty is a public policy choice. And then there was another one about homelessness um, combating some of the 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 bad information and the the common misconceptions or whatever. Yeah. Go check those out. I know we're off topic here, but kind of off topic. Well, it actually fits with the first story that we're going to talk about because there was recently some headlines about a a man who either works at a, an art gallery or owns the art gallery. I saw this. And there was video of him holding a hose and spraying an unhoused woman with the hose as she sits on the street against a tree in front of the gallery. The man seen in this now viral video spraying down a homeless woman with a hose is now explaining why he did what he did. Yeah, ABC7 News anchor Dion Lim is the only television journalist to speak with the art gallery owner. A lot of people are appalled by what he did. Garcia, co-owner of Brioche Cafe, was on his way to deliver a catering order Monday morning when something disturbing caught his eye. I turn to the side and I see the guy pouring water to the lady. Garcia, who has seen the homeless woman in the North Beach neighborhood before, has never found her to be belligerent and says, given the weather conditions, found the man's actions especially cruel. It wasn't cold. It was raining. She was screaming. She said, okay, I move, I move, I move. It's not fair to see people doing stuff like that. I tracked down the man with the hose. Art gallery owner Collier Gwynn, who admitted to his actions. I totally understand what an awful thing that is to do. Mm. But I also understand what an awful thing it is to leave her on the streets. Gwynn says there were repeated attempts to help the woman over the past couple weeks. We called the police. There must be 25 calls on record. It's two days in a homeless shelter. It's two days in jail. And then they drop him right back on the street. Monday, when Gwyn says she refused to move and resisted help, he sprayed her down as a last resort. This woman is, um, it's a very, very sad situation. And she's very psychotic. This isn't the first time we've seen methods to deter congregating. In 2015, St. Mary's Cathedral installed sprinklers as a way to prevent sleeping in doorways. In 2019, Clinton Park residents installed boulders to keep the homeless away. While multiple others in the area describe the woman in this video as a nuisance, homeless advocates say while service can be slow at times, there are better ways to deal with these situations. Consistently dialing three one one, consistently trying to get um or or look looking up different um different mental health services that are that is in San Francisco. Some places provide emergency services where they might be able to come out to a person and that's going through a crisis. Gwyn says, despite the threats and constant phone calls for interviews, he's not apologizing yet. I find it hard to apologize when we've had no help on this situation. As for Edson, he makes this call to those in the community. You want to repeat people respect you, you have to repeat the people now. In San Francisco, Dion Lim, ABC7 News. And this incident happened outside Barbarossa Lounge next to the art gallery. A partner there says they want to make clear they are not affiliated with Gwyn and they've been receiving threats as a result of the now viral video. Yeah, well, the police are now guarding the the gallery. Not the homeless people. No, they're guarding the gallery because... If you need any more information or any more fucking evidence of the fact that the police are here to protect the power structure and the wealthy, this is it. Mm -hmm. And and by the way, no charges for this fucking gentleman. Yeah, I would... I'm not going to call him a cunt. I would would recommend... Everybody rest assured... Jesse Dollimore will not call Collier Gwynn a cunt 
on this show. <laughs> the views and opinions expressed by Jesse Dollamore are solely those of Jesse Dollamore and do not reflect the views and opinions of Brittany Page, who is a far superior person and much more measured and reasonable in her views and analysis. Just in case. Just in case. So listening to this made me very upset, as it did you, Jesse D. Oh, just his excuse making and not apologizing and like, yeah, what I did was wrong, but you know what else is wrong? Yep. Leaving them on the street. I know, because he cares so much. That's right. <laughs> What's your biggest weakness? I just care too yeah. much, everybody. <laughs> so um, he's like, oh, there's been re- repeated attempts to help this woman. We've called the police 23 times. No, called the cops for what? Being on the sidewalk? Yeah. You were also standing on the sidewalk, you fucking jerk off. Well, it's also, apparently that's not helping. You've called the cops 23 times. Right. It's not helping. It's done nothing. So it's not helping. Can we Can we all agree? Can we all agree that well, calling the police listen, is not helping? He's made his diagnosis, Brittany. She's psychotic. Yeah, well, and that's he, the thing. He's clearly a, a psychiatrist or a psychologist of some sort. He's, he's, given, he's weighed in clinically. This yeah, so, art gallery owner. Well, before we move on from the point of calling the police 23 times, San Francisco is one of the cities that has a street crisis response team. That is, a, a crisis response team is typically a team with a paramedic, a social worker, some sort of behavioral health clinician, and like a, a peer counselor, someone who has personal life experience with substance use, with homelessness, with mental illness. And they go out as a team and they respond to calls like this one in order to avoid having the police show up and potentially kill someone that doesn't pose any sort of threat and that the police can potentially just ratchet up a situation and cause more of a conflict that doesn't need to be there. Question. Do Are these teams... Uh, armed with hoses? No. No, they don't. Oh, so that's not a viable option uh, to solve homelessness in America, spraying them with hoses? No. Huh. No. And that's the thing. You hear him saying, well, it's a very sad situation for this woman because she's very psychotic. That's what he said. I wonder how this woman being sprayed with a hose impacts the very sad situation that she's in. And any potential symptoms of psychosis that she may be exhibiting. Is spraying her with a hose going to make the very sad situation better or worse? Cured. She must be cured now. Is it going to make her symptoms of psychosis better or worse? Right. Spraying her like a dog. Also, I don't know if anybody noticed, but there was a little one line, a throwaway line in there, that St. Mary's Cathedral. Yes, I noted this too. Saint the church, the house of God, installed sprinklers to ward off people who are unhoused from their atrium or their their doorway. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, it is truly disturbing. So when you hear us having these conversations about the unhoused population in this country... I I tweeted this the other day because I've been kind of surprised by the feedback that we've gotten. Obviously, we have to limit our feedback so that we can get to the stories that we want to cover, but we're going to be continuing to feature some of the listener communication on the homelessness issue. But it's been an uphill battle, I think, to convince people to have compassion rather than contempt. I've been surprised. Even within the audience, within people that would identify as being on the left. And that has been something that's surprising to me. I. This is kind of the refrain. Well, what about how this affects me? 
Yeah. You mean you, the person with the house? How does homelessness and people asking you, I have to say no to people when they come up to me and ask me for money. What about me? Just, it's shockingly fucking selfish. I, I've been surprised by it. And then I saw this story. And I thought, wow, this is a perfect example of why it is that I I talk about this issue so much because there is so much hatred and contempt for the poor in this country that you can have a man hose down a woman and spray her in her face when she's sitting on the street doing nothing, doing nothing. She's sitting on the street against a tree surrounded by her belongings in a trash can and spraying this woman with a hose and yelling obscenities at her and there are no consequences for this person other no, no. than other than being harassed no, no 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 other than now he has round the clock police protection for his business right right that's the consequence he's rewarded with a more secure existence after assaulting someone by his own account who's mentally ill i we don't know that but he thinks she is right it's it's fucking gross and people like to talk about well, these these unhoused people, you don't understand. They're so violent. They blah. It, just like we talk about uh, when people try to blame mental illness for mass shootings, people with mental illness are far more likely to be victims of violence than they are to carry out violence. And and that's a statistical point. So I, it's the same situation here where homeless people are being violently assaulted. Yeah. And we're not hearing about it because no one cares. That's basically what this comes down to. So I'm happy that this man decided to film this and put it online because even though people still don't really care as much as they should, a lot of people do care, as evidenced by the harassment that he's getting. Edson Garcia, I think his name was. Yeah, so... I, if you haven't seen the video, I, I wouldn't recommend going to watch it unless you want to feel sick to your stomach. But Or it, angry. Yeah, we, it was sent to us by several people, so we want, definitely wanted to talk about it here. Collier Gwen, art gallery owner and humanitarian in San Francisco. We'd love to know what you think. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. I Doubt It is a listener-supported podcast. Support comes from our most loyal, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners just like you via Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as $2 a month would help keep the conversation moving forward one podcast at a time. If you have a few dollars to spare each month, we invite you to help produce the show by joining the Patreon family. Please visit patreon.com slash idoubtitpodcast. We would like to thank our new Patreon supporters, Brett R. Brett R. Maria L. Maria L. Mendy D. Mendy D. Sky K. Sky K. Jan Z. Jan Z. Jan Z. Jan Z. Gone off. Gone off. And Josiah J. Josiah J. I always get a little, little bit of a, when I hear Josiah. Is that because of my terrorist high school boyfriend? That's right. Mm-hmm. Your high school boyfriend who insurrected the Capitol and entered the Senate chamber by scaling the wall. Has has yet to be sentenced. That's right. Has yet to be sentenced. Although one of his co-conspirators was sentenced recently. Got a lot of time. I think... 
five years? Over five years? Yeah, like 61 or 62 months or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So so we, we will keep you updated oh, on, yeah. on the sentencing. <laughs> but thank you to all of our new Patreon supporters. Because you became Patreon supporters before Sweepy's birthday on January, January 31st, 31st, you will be getting the end of year gift, which has already started to go out. So if you are receiving them in the mail... And don't be afraid to post pictures of them. Yeah, we want to see them. Yeah, we want to see them. We want to hear from you about them. We're hoping that they prompt a smile. Yes. That's that's what we're looking for. We hope that they make you smile. It's an encapsulation of our first year in Washington, D.C. Yes. So thank you so much for your support of the show. We're doing our move right now. It's going to be really exciting because it's going to be more of a permanent setup with a separate area for Jesse and and my YouTube studio and the podcast studio is going to be separate and and filmable. Yep, we're creating a situation where the podcast will be easily filmable every time. You know, we've had these setups where we're having to move things around constantly and it we've makes mo- it- we've moved 3 times the last 3 years. I'm not even saying just the moving. I'm saying we're in spaces where we're having to move things out of the way in order to do this and move things back. Oh, right, right, right. It's it's not just like a come in, sit down, and it's all set up and ready to go, and you just turn on a button. Yeah. So we're excited to have that be the situation and uh, good things to come. Without a doubt. We love you guys. We appreciate you very much. Thanks for all of your support over all of these many years. Democracy facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So the police killed more people in 2022 than ever before. They started tracking this. Mapping Police Violence is an organization that tracks killings by police in the United States through shooting, tasing, different various methods. Right. And all of the myriad ways that police in this country kill mm-hmm. not convicted of any crime citizens. Yes, 2022 is the deadliest year for police killings on record since they started tracking it in like 2013. Nearly 1200 Americans. Yeah, and we have another death that recently took place. This is a DC teacher named Keenan Anderson who was killed by the LAPD after they tased him multiple times during his arrest where we're getting some new details on the death of a D.C. teacher in Los Angeles. Now, investigators there confirm Keenan Anderson died after police used a taser on him. John Henry has been working this story all night from the newsroom. John, walk us through what we know. Well, 31-year-old Keenan Anderson worked as an English teacher at Digital Pioneers Academy in Southeast. They said he traveled to Los Angeles to visit family on winter break. Now that school's grappling with the fact Anderson will never come back to teach after a violent encounter he had with Los Angeles police just a week and, ha- a, week and a half ago. Who's trying to kill you? These were the final hours of Keenan Anderson's life. LAPD body camera video shows him in the middle of a busy intersection as police try to get him on the sidewalk. Have a seat against the wall. Police said Anderson had just gotten into a traffic accident and attempted to leave the scene. The victim of that attempted crime would later tell officers she believed the suspect was trying to steal his car. Body cam video later showed multiple officers subduing Anderson after he tried to run away from them, too. The chief said Wednesday his officers dry-stunned Anderson four times in 33 seconds. That's when a taser's placed against a suspect's body. 
He said the initial probes did not work. Paramedics eventually took Anderson to the hospital. Four hours later, he went into cardiac arrest and died. Unclear what role the physical struggle with the officers and the use of the taser played in his unfortunate death. Say his name. Keenan Anderson. The attorney now representing Anderson's six-year-old daughter doesn't buy it. The force that they used against this man, who was clearly in the midst of troubles, was excessive. Patrice Cullors, a Black Lives Matter co-founder, posted to Instagram that Anderson was her cousin, and he deserves to be alive right now. Meanwhile, the academy where Anderson taught here in D.C. said it's dealing with its third violent loss of a member of its community in the last three months. The principal said she's angry another talented, beautiful black soul is gone too soon. LAPD did not say Anderson had a weapon, but they also claimed their forensic tests showed he had cocaine and cannabis in his system. Still, they add a final report from the L.A. County coroner has yet to be released. Leslie? Boy, this is such a tragic death. And you think about that school community. They've now lost three people within, you know, months in such tragic ways. John, thank you. The police, sure to get that information out there. The police, they let us know he had cocaine and cannabis cannabis in his system. Doesn't fucking matter. Doesn't fucking matter. The other thing that I found comical is the cop who's saying, uh, it's unclear what role the physical force or the taser played in this. We we just don't know. It's unclear. Is it unclear? Because we got a dead guy at the hands of an unarmed black man in America yet again murdered by police. Well, and again, when they talked about the cocaine and the cannabis, I'm sitting here thinking, and what percentage of the population in Los Angeles would also test positive for cocaine and cannabis? Well, I'd like to test the cops. Yeah, so police say that they responded to a traffic collision and saw Keenan Anderson, quote, running in the middle of the street exhibiting erratic behavior. And another woman at the site of the traffic collision said, I think that guy up there needs help. He's trying to run away, referencing uh, Keenan Anderson. And so he may have been in some sort of crisis. We we don't know what exactly was happening. But Mm -hmm. let's say that was the case, because according to the data from mapping police violence in 2022, 9% of the people who were killed by police, uh, the police were responding to a mental health or welfare check. 9%. Wow. And so in a situation where someone is exhibiting erratic behavior but is unarmed, they could potentially be killed like Keenan Anderson was. Yeah. And if we stop having police respond to situations where someone is exhibiting erratic behavior, quote-unquote, then we could save lives because police only make these situations worse. I mean, you have Keenan Anderson in that moment saying that they're trying to George Floyd me. Yeah. And they did. And they, they, they scoff and laugh it off. And then they do exactly that. I mean, and, and after all of this, I mean, after George Floyd, after the black lives matter movement, we're still having 2022 be the deadliest year on record. Yeah. Because no lessons were learned. The way they do things is correct, quote unquote, according to them. And they, I love the the, the use of, they have like specific, uh, they dry, they dry taste him or they dry whatever. They have like technical language for their deadly force that they use. Right. And by the way, taser is considered non-lethal 
By police departments. Right. Well, and there, I mean, if you're, again, you're calling the police 23 times like that gallery owner and it's not helping. If you're using the taser multiple times and it's not doing what it should be doing, what you want it to do, then maybe stop using it. It's right. not It's not working for the purpose that you're using it. it just, it, it's, why'd you kill that guy? Oh, well, he was acting erratically. Mm-hmm. He was trying to run away. What? Was he armed? Was he... Did he have a, a, a hostage? No, no. He just got in a traffic accident. Oh, totally justified. Yeah, he needed to die. This fucking LAPD, man. Anyway, we'd... we'd uh, in, in exasperation, we'd love to know what you think. 657-464-7609. Email idoubtit at dollamore.com. You know, this George Santos story continues to just get out of control, but it's very funny to watch because he's, you know, he's at work. He's an elected congressman now. He was finally sworn in, and he keeps leaving his office. I don't know why. I think I would just stay in there. (laughs) And anytime he leaves his office, he is just swarmed by reporters asking him if he's going to resign. He is starting to develop a little bit of gravitas and dickishness, though. Yes. He's starting to be have some arrogant answers rather than just no comment and walking away. Which is strange because even Republicans are starting to call for his resignation. Newly elected GOP Congressman George Santos insisted today that he will not resign. That's after Republican Party leaders in his New York district called for him to quit. They pointed to his lies about everything from his career to his heritage, including a claim that his family members were Holocaust survivors. His lies were not mere fibs. He disgraced the House of Representatives, and in particular, his fabrications went too far. Many groups were hurt. Specifically, I look at those families that were touched by the horrors of the Holocaust and feel for them. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy said today that Santos will not serve on any key congressional committees. Beyond that, House Republican leaders have taken no action so far. So... Wild story. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, what what you said that he's starting to become more defiant. I think you said dickish, but he, it's almost like now he's elected and he's like, no, I'm here. I'm. There's no way that I'm leaving now. Yeah, they let me in. They gave me the office. I'm here, and he is starting to get more defiant with reporters. Congressman, what's your reaction to members of your own party calling for your resignation? Forty-two people asked for me to resign. I'll resign. He meant, I, yeah, I think he meant one hundred forty-two thousand. That's what he did mean. But you know, he's being swarmed and trying to get into the elevator as quickly as possible. <laughs> so that was a canned line that he came up with. Yes, or somebody came up with for him. Yeah, he's talking about the people, obviously, that elected him. So he's saying, if all of the people who sent me here want me to resign, then I will resign. What's interesting is, like, Kevin McCarthy was asked about this. I saw some some video of him. And he was he, he broke out the classic, well, uh, it's innocent until proven guilty in this country. Oh, God. Like, same fucking thing. Like, dude, he's already admitted to these fucking lies, right. you dumb fuck. <laughs> well, uh, until he's convicted of murder. Yeah. Well, and also it's, it's concerning the people that George Santos is choosing to associate with. He was photographed sitting next to Marjorie Taylor Greene during the repeated attempts to elect a House Speaker when Kevin McCarthy finally got there. It's it's kind of a 
whose low is so low they have no low. That's the people I need to go hang out exactly. with. Exactly. It's a who's who of just the bottom of the fucking barrel. Yeah, and so of course he went on Steve Bannon's podcast War Room. I think it's Steve Bannon's podcast, yeah, right? War Room. That's right. And Matt Gates was filling in. And listen, we're not going to give Matt Gates any credit here because this was an absolute softball interview. The only reason that we're playing this clip of Matt Gates asking this question of of George Santos is because it's an interesting it's an interesting answer non-answer to basically where he got his money work you did that was the origin of, of those resources look I've, I've worked my entire life I've lived an honest life I've never been uh, <laughs> accused sued of, of any bad doing so you know it's it's my it's the equity of my hard working self and I, I've invested inside of me like I said it didn't come from Burisma it didn't come from Ukraine Russia China uh, unlike some folks that we all know that get money from those sources inside the beltway a wild what about is him answer it's like I'm not going to answer the question but I'll tell you where it didn't come from. All of these conspiracy theories surrounding the Biden family. <laughs> Wait a minute. Jesse, you're not buying that it's all of the hard work that he's done in his very honest life that he's just invested back in himself. He's lived an honest life. George Santos or Anthony DeVolder or whatever his name is. <laughs> well, talk about that. So there was a video that surfaced of him at some sort of event and he he called himself Anthony DeVolder and he does claim to run a company called DeVolder Investments or something. Well, he did until there was an error in filing and they didn't have a business license anymore. Yeah, but this is why reporters are also in the midst of yelling, are you going to resign? Have also asked him, you know, hey, what's your name? <laughs> what's your real name? <laughs> I mean, this guy was elected and everything he has said is a lie. Well, let me tell you, I mean, obviously this is bad and it's this isn't the fault of Democrats, but it's a failure on the part of the opposing campaign to not find these easily identifiable fucking discrepancies in his story. Yes. Like he's talking about being a volleyball star at a college he never went to and shit. I mean, it's... All they had to do was a little bit... A, a, a cursory bit of oppo research to find out that this guy was a fucking fraud and he, we'd have one more seat in Congress than we have right now. Well, and what a weird situation in this country that you can be a wild liar, make everything up about your life story, and as long as you get elected... You're fine. Yeah, there's no no way to get you out. <laughs> yeah, that is wild. I mean, that's what he was planning on. It was obviously his plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but there's not a fucking chance this guy gets reelected. I think that there is a slim chance that he'll be ejected. But the problem is, he's going to have to be. It, it takes like two thirds of the house to vote to eject him, mm. which is going to Republicans don't have the integrity to do that. Because that'll send it back to for a, a special election, which is v very likely a Democrat's going to win. Or right. in the meantime, the governor appoints a replacement, Kathy Hochul, which is going to be a Democrat. Right. So the Republicans, it's out of their interest to expel this just vile fucking liar. Yeah. Oh, God. Possibly fraudulent. Yeah. Possibly. So... The, the big news this week, in in addition to all of this, uh, disappointing is is that President Biden had classified documents now in three different locations in his uh, like office that he used here in D.C. in the Penn Biden Center in his garage next yeah. to his Corvette, yeah, and then also inside of his home, and there aren't 
details on how many, although it seems to be significantly less than what Trump had. Far, far fewer, yeah. And there's not a lot of information on what is exactly contained within the documents. So we don't know exactly what the classified information is. However, what we do know is that a special counsel has already been appointed in the case. We begin in Washington, where Attorney General Merrick Garland has appointed a special counsel to investigate to investigate classified materials President Biden retained from his time as vice president. The special counsel is Robert Herr. He's the former top federal prosecutor in Maryland. He will be in charge of overseeing a review of documents found at the president's former office at a Washington think tank and in the garage at his Wilmington home in Delaware. Adriana Diaz has more details from Washington. Earlier today, I, saw, I signed an order appointing Robert Herr a special counsel. Or he worked on counsel. Today, Attorney General Merrick Garland tapped Robert Herr, a veteran prosecutor who served under former President Trump, to investigate the possible unauthorized removal and retention of classified documents. The stunning announcement came just hours after the White House admitted that a small number of classified documents had been found in the garage of President Biden's Wilmington residence and in a room next door. So the material was in a locked garage? Yes, as well as my Corvette. Um, But as I said earlier this week, people know I take classified documents and classified material seriously. The latest revelation follows Monday's admission by the White House after questioning by CBS News that Mr. Biden's lawyers had found 10 classified documents in this building, roughly a mile from the White House, where Biden once had an office. That office was not authorized for storage of classified documents. Less than two weeks later, on November 14th, the Justice Department started its preliminary review. On December 20th, President Biden's lawyers found the additional classified materials at his Wilmington home. His lawyers also searched his Delaware vacation house. They said no classified records were found there. Former national security official Javed Ali says the matter brings up serious questions about how Mr. Biden and his team handled classified material. As a former intelligence professional, we were all indoctrinated to never leave our offices with any classified material whatsoever. That's the whole point of the work. Garland has now appointed two special counsels in two months to investigate the handling of sensitive materials by the sitting president and former President Trump, who had over 300 classified documents at his Mar-a-Lago estate. Today, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy questioned Biden's transparency. They knew this has happened to President Biden before the election, but they kept it a secret from the American public. Now we find another location that it's at. The president's lawyers say they have immediately turned over every classified document they have found. Now, this preliminary inquiry moved very quickly, and we have learned that investigators interviewed some of President Biden's aides from his time as vice president. And, John, FBI agents have been on the case for almost two months. Adriana Diaz in Washington with the fast-moving events. Thank you, Adriana. The White House also announced today, Saturday, that five additional pages of classified material have been found at Biden's personal residence in Wilmington, Delaware. So you heard that exchange briefly with a Fox News's Peter Ducey and Joe Biden. And I want to play the rest of it so that you can hear the full exchange. Classified material next to your Corvette. What were you thinking? Let me, uh, we're going to get a chance to speak on all this, God willing, soon. But as I said earlier this week, people, and by the way, my Corvette's in a locked garage. Okay, so it's not like you're sitting out in the street. But anyway, 
Yes, as well as my Corvette. Um, but as I said earlier this week, people know I take classified documents and classified material seriously. I also said we're cooperating fully and completely with the Justice Department's review. As part of that process, my lawyers reviewed other places where documents in my, uh, of, from my time as vice president were stored, and they finished the review last night. They discovered a small number of documents of classified markings and storage areas and file cabinets in my home and my, in my, my, my personal library. This was done in the case of the Biden Penn. This was done in the case of the Biden Penn Center. The Department of Justice was immediately, as was done, the Department of Justice was immediately notified, and the lawyers arranged for the Department of Justice to take possession of the document. So you're going to see. We're going to see all this unfold. I'm confident. Thank you very much. Thank you. Kind of a prick, a prick thing at the end there. Hey, how you doing? Just not taking it seriously. Look, there are vast, there are oceans of difference between what took place with Donald Trump and the classified material. Oceans of difference. Uh, The Biden administration voluntarily revealed this to the Justice Department. And intent matters with this particular potential crime. If you didn't have intent to to uh, improperly, in an unauthorized fashion, hold the, the classified material, it's not a crime. So as soon as they found it, they turned it over. Great. However, to, it's a very Trumpian, yeah, well, it was in my locked garage with my Corvette, by the way. It's locked up. It's locked up. It's safe. No, that's not how classified um, materials and intelligence works. You don't just go, oh, was there a padlock on it? Oh, it's fine. Because if that was the case, then the Mar-a-Lago thing would be fine too. And the difference here is intent. Donald Trump absconded from the White House with his SCI, like the the most um, secure codename bullshit that couldn't even be generally described in public. It's so sensitive, the stuff Donald Trump had. And then we've got what Biden had. I don't like the attitude that he has. It's very dismissive. Everybody knows. Um, people know I take classified material seriously. But do you? Because mm-hmm. if you did, you wouldn't have had this just loose in your office. Or in a filing cabinet, even. You wouldn't have. I don't like his attitude. I also don't like... There's all, Look, nobody's doing good shit in this story. Merrick Garland, who who can't act with any expedition uh, at all uh, for uh, Donald Trump, everything's slow and methodical, and oh, we want to get it right, we're going to cross our T's and dot our I's, but the first, I mean, goddamn, it was minutes after, practically, that Jack Smith was appointed, I believe that's his name, the special counsel for the Trump case, uh, that this other guy is is with Biden. Well, why did it not take months and months and months to appoint a special counsel for the Biden case? But for Donald Trump, they're just dragging their motherfucking feet. Yeah, and I mean, his goal is to avoid the appearance of any kind of political bias, but it's also, I mean, it's not conveying that 
when you're dragging your feet on Donald Trump and then the second that you learn of the classified document situation with President Biden, you immediately appoint a special counsel. So I I just think this is the most unfortunate situation. Just giving ammo to the Trump team and Republicans. Absolutely. It, It is because we can recognize the differences, right? We can still believe that what President Biden did in this situation is not good and and it shouldn't have happened and we can still at the same time recognize that it is different than what donald trump did yes but it gives him cover and it allows him to say oh look they're attacking me for the exact same thing that biden did right because the maga world doesn't think in 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 with nuance yes it's not the same exact thing even though donald trump took the documents voluntarily, withheld them. The DOJ was asking for them. He says, oh, you have everything. They didn't have everything. He knew they didn't have everything. Right. There was criminality there. Absolutely. There are distinct differences. And also the media seems to be repeating the (laughs) the mistakes of the past with things like Hillary Clinton's emails where... When I turn on the TV, it's either Lisa Marie Presley's death and comments about her life, or it's Joe Biden's classified document situation. And they're using catastrophic language surrounding it when they talk about it. I mean, it's, it's very concerning when they have the opportunity to do what we're doing here and draw the distinctions while at the same time saying, listen, not great, not, not great that he's doing this. And the White House should have prepared a better response they should have prepared a better response yeah, because they this. know they're walking into a room with fucking peter Ducey. oh yeah and you know and he's you, salivating and oh, ready yeah. to go yeah he's also packed on some fucking he's got a pumpkin fucking marshmallow face now i love it okay so i fucking <laughs> love it and it's the one time that peter Ducey actually has a question to ask about something legitimate yes. you know <laughs> So you have to go into this prepared, like, oh, Peter Ducey's going to come for us about something that is actually legitimate. What are we going to say? He's just such a little Nepo baby asshole. And then the White House misses the mark on that opportunity to respond in a way that is a legitimate defense. It gives actual information about what happened here. What does everybody think about Biden? Like his, during the campaign, pointing fingers in dudes' chests. And if you don't like me, then just don't fucking vote for me. All of that weird old man gravitas (laughs) it's the same thing trump has it's a little different but it's pretty much the same to walk out of a room and you start going hey everybody good see you acting all why don't you take this seriously Mm -hmm. or at least appear like you are yeah anyway yeah just i hate stories like this that everybody's fucked up everybody's got some bad shit going on yes not great yeah um, what do you think? 657-464-7609. One time slowly. 657-464-7609. Or email, I doubt it, at dollamore.com. It's the asshole of today. Idaho Republican Representative Jack Nelson. Uh Jack Nelson. I don't know what the story is, but Idaho Republican representative just... Ugh. Well, <laughs> during a, a meeting with the House Agricultural Affairs Committee, Jack Nelson decided to make a little joke 
I've milked a few cows, spent most of my time walking behind lines of cows. So if you want some ideas on repro and the uh, women's health uh, thing, I have some definite opinions. So women... That's prick shit, bro. That's prick shit. And cows... Douche chill. So here's the thing. Jack Nelson, don't know anything about him, but I have read that he claims to not be a right-wing Republican Mm. and, in fact, positions himself as a pro-choice Republican. And he has issued a statement because there was significant backlash to this. And he wrote, quote, the way I phrased my statement about women and reproductive rights yesterday completely missed the mark. I'm embarrassed and and I offended others in the process. I am deeply sorry. I recognize the mistake and commit to doing better in the future. The women in my life have taught me strength, resilience, integrity, hard work, joy and love. I absolutely respect women and the right to choose their own health care. So. He says that he's a a firm believer in people's rights. My body, my choice. For example, no one should tell you that you have to get a vaccine. There it is. And he feels the exact same way about women's health care. So, okay, we can can take him at his word. I mean, it's staying a part of a Republican Party, especially one in Idaho, is a statement in and of itself. And I guess if you are going to consider yourself a pro-choice Republican in the current climate, it's an interesting one. I think it's more, he's more, leans libertarian is probably what it means. Sure. But this this comment seems like one that would come from someone who doesn't view women right. as being in control of their decision-making or deserving the full rights and respect as everyone else because they're being compared to cows. Yeah, well, anytime you start comparing humans to animals, not a great path you're on. Yeah, so he's apologized. He said he's going to do better in the future. Let me say, he's apologized, uh, air quotes. He's a apologize and he said he's going to do better in the future so let's hope let's hope that that's the case and let's hope that a pro-choice republican in idaho yeah is going to do something helpful (laughs) that's all the fuck we need so good luck with that good luck with that idaho god damn anyway we love you guys we appreciate you we're gonna leave you there um, if you have been on the fence all these many years about supporting the show, and if you are in a financial position to do so, we would ask that you consider supporting us on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash Podcast. There you can pick your tier and help support and produce the work that we think is important right here. You can call, leave us a voicemail, 657-464-7609. And of course, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit.com at dollamore.com. We love you guys. We appreciate you guys. And we'll see you next time. From Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt.